be as a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It is impossible to please God without faith. When you come to him, you must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I want to take this principle from Hebrews chapter 11, which we call faith. And I want to take this principle from Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, which we refer to as the tongue or speaking. And I want to bring them together as they are brought together many times in the word of God. And I want to speak to you for just a few moments on this subject this afternoon. And that is faith speak, faith speak, faith speak. Hallelujah. Faith speak. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your anointing and your power and your presence. I thank you, Lord God, for people who have gathered together with their heart and mind made up, Lord Jesus, to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, Thank you for what you've done in this service so far, for the ministry that's already happened through the power of prayer, through the power of your name, and through the power of faith. Uh, I pray today, Lord Jesus, that you would help me to lift our vision and change our behavior in such a way that we would be more in line with your word and our life would enjoy your benefits and blessings and promises because we've synced up to the word of God. Let it happen today. And Lord, I pray if there's people here today that have not yet received the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, God, that they could receive that glorious gift today and walk out of here a new creature in Christ Jesus, uh, having been baptized in your Holy Spirit. We ask this in the name of Jesus and everybody that believes and agrees. I want you to say amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time before we're seated. Come on, clap them real good. He's worthy of praise. Hallelujah. You may be seated. One of the more interesting stories in the Word of God is the story of God's chosen people, the children of Israel, as they finally began to march in to the land that had been promised to them but had seemed so far from them for so long. The story that I refer to is the story after they have crossed the Jordan River, moved into the promised land, and prepared to take over the land that God had promised to them. The first city that they came and approached was the city of Jericho. And all of us have heard the great story of Joshua and the walls of Jericho. How that they marched about the city for seven days, once a day and on the seventh day, seven times. And at the end of the march, they began to shout aloud and the Lord caused the walls of that city to tumble and break apart and fall down flat before them. What an awesome story of God's provision and power. I don't know about you, but that's one of those stories that I hope they took video or DVD of in heaven so that when I finally get to heaven, I can sit back on one of those divine recliners uh, and say, why don't you play back the day that Joshua and his people marched around the seventh time, the city of Jericho. But the interesting thing about this story for our consideration today is that when Joshua gave instructions to the people of Israel, he told them specifically what God had already related to him. You can see in Joshua chapter 6 that God gave Joshua a direct word and Joshua turned around and gave that word to the people. He relayed the direct command that they were to compass the city six days, once a day, and then the seventh day, seven times. He relayed the command that there were to be seven priests that went before them with ram's horns uh, that uh, and those that were bearing the ark before the people. He directly and specifically relayed the instructions of God to the people. 
However, as you study the Word of God and you look at it carefully, you notice that Joshua also added his own instructions on top of what God had already told the people. In Joshua chapter 6 and verse 10, the Lord didn't say anything about this, but Joshua decided to tack this on. He said, and I read, Do not shout, do not even talk, Joshua commanded. Not a single word from any of you until I tell you to shout, then shout. So he had given God's instructions and then he decided, maybe I need to add something here. In the meantime, until I give you the instruction to shout, I don't want you to do any shouting. I don't even want you to speak to one another. I don't want a word to come out of your mouth until I give you the command to shout. For six days, you're going to be marching in silence. No one is going to speak to one another. And you may wonder why. Why did Joshua decide to tack on this instruction to the command of the Lord? I believe I have an answer. I believe it was because if anybody knew the power of the tongue, it was Joshua. He knew that there was power in the tongue for good and for evil. You say, how do you know that, Pastor? Because it was him that 40 years before had been a young man that was at Kadesh Barnea when the 12 spies were sent out to spy the land. Joshua knew that the shout would bring the victory, but he also knew that the children of Israel could talk themselves out of the miracle that God had for them if they were left to their own devices. See, 40 years before, when Joshua was a young man, God was ready for them to possess the promised land at that point, for them to move in and to enjoy the provision and the blessings of God. God was ready to fight for them. God was ready to bring deliverance to them. And so the Lord instructed Moses to send the 12 spies, one of which was Joshua, that went and spied out the promised land for 40 days. And for 40 days, as a young man, Joshua had seen the grapes that were so great they could not be born, the beautiful homes and the crops and the land that flowed with milk and honey, the beautiful land that God had promised. And after 40 days, he came back into the camp of Israel in Kadesh Barnea. And as they begin to bring their report, 10 of the 12 spies, anybody know the story? Brought forth a negative report, or the Bible calls it an evil report uh, to the people about the promised land. They said there are great giants in the land and we are as grasshoppers in their sight. They said it's a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. See when they declared that they were grasshoppers in their sight in their sight they forgot who they were as God's chosen people. They forgot that they were people of God's purpose with his favor and direction and anointing upon them. But the final summation of the day what came out of their mouth was we be not able to take the promised land. We be not able. Now this was not being humble. This was not being modest. This was disobedient doubt. Because God had promised them that it was their time. And that they could possess the promised land. But when they opened their mouth and began to speak. The miracle of God's provision which was about to unfold for them. Was folded back up. And packed away for 40 years because they talked themselves out of a miracle. The Bible lets us know that the negative report of the 10 spies demoralized the people. 
God took the spies and destroyed them, those ten evil spies. The only one of the, ten, of the twelve that were able to actually see the promised land were the two that came back with a positive report. But those negative spies had talked themselves out of a miracle and talked their people into 40 years of wandering in the wilderness. The point of this story is Joshua understood if I let the people speak, they have a tendency and a predisposition to speak negative and to murmur and to complain. And God's ready to do a miracle for them, but I don't want to turn them loose and let them talk themselves out of a miracle. You see, it was true in the days of Joshua, and it's still true today, that there is power in your words. Power for good and power for evil. And every day when you move your mouth and when you send voice across your lips and tongue, every day you're going to get whatever it is that you say. Now words can become self-fulfilling prophecies. Negative thoughts and negative words will keep you defeated. Will keep you in a spirit and a mindset of discouragement and defeat. Let me instruct you, members of Life Church and those that have come to hear the Word of God today. Let me make it plain to you. As Christians who are involved in spiritual warfare, we must be very careful how we think and especially careful what we say. Because whatever it is that we speak, we give life to those statements. We give life to what we are saying, whether it's good or whether it's evil. Let me tell you, if you have a habit or a tendency to say negative things about yourself or about your situation, your life is going to be a very discouraging life because whatever it is is that you speak, it's going to come to you. If you have the tendency to say things like, well, nothing good ever happens to me. Nothing good may ever happen to you then. I'll never be successful. Well, maybe you won't then. I don't have what it takes. Or I'll never get out of this mess. Whatever it is that you speak, you bring it into your life. Negative speaking and your own words are paving the way for your failure and a life of dismal despair. See, your words are like seeds. Seeds you take and plant them into the ground, but you understand that they're not going to stay buried forever. Whatever it is that you plant is going to spring forth and take root and bear fruit. And when you speak, words are like seeds that are planted into the subconscious mind. You think that they stay there, but they don't because they take root uh, and they grow and they begin to produce fruit, uh, either good fruit or bad fruit. Uh, So it is important that we gauge and guide what words and speaking that we allow to come out of our mouths. uh, Because what will happen essentially is our lives will move in the direction of our words. Whatever we speak, we, uh, in in essence, prophesy and they become self-fulfilled and we move in the direction of whatever words it is that we speak in our life. It's very interesting. In the book of James, chapter number 3, verses 4 and 5, James chapter 3, verses 4 and 5, it makes a very interesting comparison between the tongue and the rudder of a great ship. A huge and massive ship that sails the sea can be controlled by a member that is very, very small. 
because that rudder, rudder is positioned in such a place and set in such a distinctive role that whenever it turns slightly, the entire vast direction, uh, the, the direction of this entire vast ship is determined by the rudder on the ship. And the Bible here, the writer James makes a comparison between a man or a woman's tongue and the rudder of a ship. Even though it's a very small member of your body, it has the ability to determine the direction and the destiny of you as a person and your life. And when we speak words of failure, we are determined to live a defeated and a discouraged life. Negative words will keep you from being the person that God intended for you to be. So I want to remind you today that you have power with your mouth, that you have power with your tongue for good or for evil. You set the destiny and the direction for your life by what you begin to speak. If you begin to speak it, if you speak it often enough, if you speak it with enough passion, it gets planted in your mind and in your subconscious and everything in you begins to direct your life to fulfill what it is that you have spoken. Eventually, your mind begins to act on it. Your mind will do whatever's necessary to bring these words to pass. Let me give you a word of warning here. You have to be particularly careful about what you say during times of adversity and hardship. When things aren't going your way. When it's so easy in our natural tendency to lash out and simply... Release words that are negative, negative against ourselves or others when things aren't going our way. See, when we're in the midst of a trial and a difficulty, God's doing something in our lives. And I've found in my own personal experience, and maybe you can relate to this, the more positive my thoughts and my words during a time of trial and difficulty the more positive I am, the stronger I am during that time, and the sooner that trial will be over. But when I allow negative words and negative thoughts and a negative mindset to come in, then that situation, that trial can last a whole lot longer and I become more weak and more vulnerable. I'm encouraging you members of Life Church to remember that you should be careful to guard what you say even closer during times of trouble because you're in a vulnerable position. You're in a vulnerable condition and you could easily slip into a negative attitude. And when you have a negative attitude, you put yourself post yourself up for trouble and discouragement and despair. So guard what you say. Guard the words that come from your mouth during times of trouble. Learn the discipline of speaking positive even when you feel negative. Of speaking positive until you begin to feel positive as well. Amen? Another thing to remember is there is a supernatural side to all of this. We have an adversary, the devil, whose desire is to destroy, destroy your faith and my faith. But one thing we need to understand about Satan as well is that he is not omniscient. Like our Lord, who knows the very thoughts that we think, Satan is not privy to that information. So he finds out where we are based on our words. 
And when he sends discouragement our way, but we continue to speak positive, he decides that perhaps that uh, uh, tactic won't work uh, and he puts the pressure off. But when we begin to speak in such a way that we send a signal to the enemy that whatever you're doing is working, you're getting me discouraged. You're causing me to think about giving up or giving in. We give him an opportunity. See, the devil is not omniscient, but he is very strategic. He is an adversary that is observant. I remember one time hearing a story of a man who in some kind of a spiritual vision saw during a time of trial in his life as he lay in his bed, opened his eyes and saw a visual representation of an imp of Satan sitting cross-legged, cross hands, hovering in the air at the foot of his bed and just observing and I don't remember the specifics or the details of the story other than to say that uh, he questioned what is the meaning of this. He questioned. And I don't know if it was the spirit that responded or the Lord that made it clear to him. But it was the evil spirit of strategy that was watching, observing, and listening to try to find an area of weakness wherein he, this evil spirit, could apply the pressure and try to destroy we need to understand, my God help us to understand that the enemy does not know how we feel, but he knows what we speak. He's able to observe our words and our conversation. Amen. And death and life is in the power of the tongue and you will eat the fruit of whatever it is that you say. Praise God. You create an environment for good or for evil with your words. Hallelujah. With your words. I'm trying to encourage you members of Life Church to realize that God has given you the power to set your destiny and to change your direction through the power of speaking positive words. Speaking positive words. I'm not getting worse. I'm getting better. Things aren't getting worse. They're getting better. Come on now. We're not going through a trial. We're heading into revival. Amen. God's purpose and work is going to be done in our midst. It's time to learn to speak it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to be unemployed. I'm going to get a job. Our marriage isn't going going to fail. Our marriage is going to be better than ever. My kids aren't going to turn into reprobates. My kids are going to be mightily used of God. It's time to speak faith. It's time to stand up and declare that God has given me a tongue. I can use it for evil. I can use it for good. I can use it to cut my destiny apart or I can use it to cut the enemy apart. He's given it to me and I got to learn there's power in my tongue for good or for evil. Clap your hands to the Lord and praise him. The Bible warns repeatedly about or against murmuring. Murmuring in the Word of God. What is murmuring? Murmuring is simply grumbling and complaining. Griping about your situation. Grumbling about the problem. Grumbling about where it is that you are and what it is that you're facing and going through. The Bible warns against murmuring and grumbling and complaining. So I'm here to challenge you today to quit talking about your problem. Quit talking about your difficulty. Quit 
talking about the trial that you find yourself in. Come on. I'm challenging you. I know this isn't easy, but I'm challenging you from the Word of God to quit talking about your problem and start voicing, uh, talking about the solution to your problem, which is the power that is in you through Jesus Christ. Uh, somebody said it this way. Somebody said success comes in cans. Because uh, G- the, the, the Word of God says, I can do all things through Christ uh, who strengtheneth me. And when you begin to think, I can through Christ, success comes your way. Amen. Success and blessing and favor begins to come your direction when you speak the right words, when you speak faith. Quit talking about your problems and start talking about the solution, which is Jesus Christ. Quit using your words to describe your negative situation and use your words to change your situation. Come on. Come on, I'm telling you now, let me repeat that. Quit using your tongue to paint a disparaging picture about your situation and use that same tongue to begin to change your situation. You see, because avoiding negative talk is not enough. That's a good start, but it's not enough. You need to learn to go on the offense. Amen. I'm going to tell you, if I have a football team, I want them to have a strong defense. I want them to have strong linebackers that can knock down the the, uh, the tailback and the running back and, and charge the quarterback. I want a strong defense, a defensive back and so forth. But if I have a strong defense and no offense at all, then I can't put any points on the board because you need offense as well. And so in serving God and being victorious and being an overcomer, it's not enough just to avoid negativity and avoid speaking negative words. Uh, You need to get an offense as well. Hallelujah. You see, in the Word of God, Jesus instructed us not to explain or to describe our mountains, but He told us to speak to our mountains. Whatever it is that's in your way, whatever it is that's giving you problems, whatever it is that's bringing despair into your life, whatever it is that stands between you and the promises of God, He tells you to speak to that mountain. Mark chapter 11 verse 22 said, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, he shall believe that those things which he hath said shall come to pass, and he shall have whatsoever he saith. That's the word of God. That's the words of Jesus. Therefore I say unto you, what things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and ye shall have them. It's time to speak to your mountain. It's time to speak to your mountain. I'm telling you right now, quit describing your mountain and speak to it. Declare a destiny change. Declare a change of direction. Hallelujah. The Bible says if you have faith, you can speak to your mountain. point of this message is Joshua that's true you can talk yourself out of a miracle but the other side is true as well that you can talk yourself into a miracle I said you can talk yourself into a miracle as well life church we need to learn faith speak 
We need to learn how to speak a word of faith. We need to, how to learn how to declare the positive. Because any church that is growing and moving forward has people all littered through it. Has a pastor and leaders that know how to speak faith. That know how to speak a word that is positive. A fitly spoken word that will encourage and lift up and bring hope. I declare to you, enough of the negative talk. Enough of the negative speaking. Let us stand up and declare that God's revival is here. That God's revival is coming. He's got more people in this city ready to receive the gospel than we can handle. Let's stand up and declare that greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Speaking a word of faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But through with faith, all things are possible. That's two dire extreme opposites. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. But with God, through faith, all things are possible. Amen. To them that believeth. Hallelujah. Some people are unsure of what faith is and and uh, how to obtain it and how to cause it to grow. Of course, the Bible says we build up our holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, being here and hearing the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of the Lord. Our faith is built up and our confidence in God and our ability to believe him for great things. But I believe one of the greatest things that you can do is learn how to speak a word of faith. Learn how to speak positive, connecting it to a promise of God. Amen? I said connecting it to a promise of God. Because if you know anything about your Bible, you know that there are enough promises in there to take you through the rest of your days to face whatever it is that you've got to go through. Come on now. There's enough promises in that word. Hallelujah. There's enough promises in the Bible. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll be there to the end of the age. He says, who shall separate you from the love of God? It shall tribulation or distress or persecution, famine, naked, peril and sword. Nay, and all these things, I say you are more than conquerors through him that saved you. Hallelujah. There are promise after promise after promise after promise in the word of God. And you need to ha- learn how to mix faith with the word of God and speak a word of faith. Hallelujah. 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 It's very interesting. In Hebrews chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, reference in the New Testament is made back to the story of Joshua and the other 11 spies that were about to go into the promised land and they provoked God's anger because they did not embrace the promise. It says, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest. They had a promise that they could enter into God's rest. They didn't obtain the promise. He said, you be careful as well because a promise may be left you of entering into his rest and any of you may come short of it because unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them. Didn't matter how much they preached, it didn't profit them. Not being mixed with faith in them that heard it and them that heard the word. In other words, the Bible is declaring here the problem was that the message had been declared that God was going to allow them to enter the promised land, to enter that place of rest. 
But that message, even though it was an encouraging and awesome message, it didn't do them any good because they did not mix any faith with the Word of God. They did not mix any faith with the promise of God. See, it's not enough to have a promise from God. You've got to add something into the mix. God's given you a promise, and He's standing back right now to see if you're willing to put anything into the mix. And what He wants you to put into the mix that will make a difference, that the Word of God declares, is you've got to put your faith into the mix to say that you believe the Word of God, to take hold of the promises of God and begin to believe God for revival. Begin to believe God for the salvation of your children. Begin to believe and speak that God, come on now, that God is going to bring revival into your workplace. That, come on, that God's going to bring revival into your neighborhood. Begin to speak it. God's given you a promise. Come on, somebody. God's given you a word of faith, a word of promise from His Word. And He's wondering, this great gospel message that brings hopes is useless unless you mix faith with it. And so you may be listening to me today and saying, that sounds great. That sounds really cool. There are promises in the Word of God, and I've got to mix my faith with the promises of the Word of God. Now, can you just tell me now where my faith container is so that I can get into it? Because, I mean, this all sounds cool, but it's kind of out there. It's ethereal. I, I don't know where to get my faith to mix it with the Word of God. I don't know where to find it, to, to mix it in with the word of the Lord. Where is my faith? Where do I get it? How do I know that I have it? How, how can I get something to mix? Anybody with me right now? I, I believe you, preacher. I believe that God still is a miracle-working God, that Jesus still opens blinded eyes, amen, that Jesus still does great and mighty things on our behalf, that Jesus can still make a difference in my life, in my destiny, and my future, but I need some insight into where I get faith. I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 10 and verse 8 says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. The point here is, is the faith that you need to mix with the word of God is not in some a container somewhere up in the heavens that you got to jump up and try to obtain. But the word of faith is close. It's close to you. What you need to mix for your miracle is close to you. It's in your heart, even in your mouth. That is the word of faith. And then the scripture goes on to say uh, that, uh, uh, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. There is something that happens when you confess with your mouth that begins the process of salvation. You may believe in your heart, but until you open up your mouth, come on somebody, until you open up your mouth and begin to speak, the process of mixing doesn't happen yet. The process of mixing doesn't happen yet. So if you want to mix faith with the Word of God, get up in the morning and begin to declare with your mouth that it's going to happen today. Today's going to be a great day. God's blessings and favor is going to be upon me. Good things are going to happen, and you'll begin to feel positive. You'll begin to feel faith stir up. Mix it with a promise of God, and good things can be... Come on, I'm telling you something that's the truth that can transform and bring hope to your life and change the direction of your destiny. Come on, praise Him with me right now. 
This is why at Life Church, it's a little different than some other churches. Because in some churches, there is a man in a nice vestige, well put together, very dignified, who is reading from his notes a declaration of what he thinks the Word of God is saying and attempting to apply it to our lives. And people sit back and observe, maybe jot down some notes, and they leave and say, that was good. That was helpful. That was beneficial. And then you come into Life Church, and it's like, what's wrong with these people? Because the, I can hardly hear what the preacher's saying because people are screaming back at him. Like, what's the deal? Does everybody here think they're a preacher and uh, like trying to compete with the pastor? Is like, come on, man. Let the man speak. See, the deal is, in the Word of God, it says in one place where it's talking about how tongues, speaking in tongues, the evidence of the Holy Spirit is to be used in a congregation. That in a public setting, when someone is speaking publicly, that they should not speak in tongues unless there be an interpretation. And that doesn't mean we don't speak in tongues while we're praising God together here and when we're worshiping. But that means it would be unbeneficial for me to stand up here for 45 minutes and give you my message in a language that you didn't know. Now, I may be just feeling God's presence and just shaking and quivering and, oh, just off in some fifth heaven somewhere, but it doesn't benefit you any because it's not spoken in a language that you can understand. But in that passage of Scripture, it's very interesting what it says. It says, let there be an interpretation or speak in the language of the people because, uh, I didn't write that verse down, but it says, because how shall the congregation of the unlearned say amen unless they understand? So in the New Testament church, when people understood the word and when they got it, they spoke back to the speaker. They said, Amen. And so, in an apostolic setting, if you don't talk back to me, I just assume you haven't got it yet. So maybe I need to try another angle here. Maybe I need you to get it because I want you to talk back to me because what you're doing when you speak back is you are mixing faith with the Word of God. You are mixing faith with the Word of God. When I say God has power over cancer, and somebody says, I believe it! It's different than them sitting back and nodding their head or thinking in their mind, that's a true word. But something happens when it comes out of your mouth. The Word of faith is close to you. You've got something in there to mix. Come on now. And when faith, Bible says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And when the word of God is preached with the anointing of the Holy Ghost, there is a word of faith that's coming by. But you got to take hold of it. And the way you take hold of it is to mix faith with your mouth. Begin to speak. Begin to declare. Say, that's right, preacher. Amen. I believe what you're saying. Amen. It's not just about, come on. It's not just about having an atmosphere where everybody seems excited, but it's an ebb and a flow. It's like the waves, they come and they go. 
Hallelujah. It's like a, a sending forth of a call and a response thereunto. There's dynamic energy that's released when the word of faith goes forward and somebody mixes it with faith. When the word of God and his promises is declared and somebody shouts aloud with their voice, I believe it. I haven't seen one revival yet that was a quiet revival. I haven't seen one revival yet where people sat and nodded their head. But revival begins to happen when people get engaged with the word of God and begin to talk back and say, I believe God is doing something good. I believe it's going to happen. There's victory in the house for me. Come on, somebody talk back to this preacher. Come on, you've been talking negative enough all week long. It's time to shout amen. Come on, you've been amen in the devil all week. It's time to amen the Lord right now. When the devil sends you a negative message or a fiery dart, as the word of God says, to try to destroy your faith, you've been talking it. You've been speaking it. You've been saying things like, I'll never get out of debt. You've been saying things like, she'll never come to the Lord. You've been, come on, you've been saying things like, it's going to get worse. But it's time for you to hear the word of the Lord today and shout back to the preacher and say, I believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel the Holy Spirit here. Come on, I feel something dynamic happening in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. 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 You wonder why we sat down the praise team for five weeks. It's because I wanted to remind Life Church that this is not a show. But this is where the word comes forth. And there's a response that comes back overpowering from the people. Where the preacher declares the word of God. And then his hair is parted by the response of the people that are accepting the word. That are putting their faith together with the promise of God. Come on, that's the type of atmosphere that Satan fears. Come on, hallelujah. That's what makes the devil nervous. When we're going through a troublesome time in our lives. But when we come to church and the preacher begins to preach a word. Instead of thinking of all the reasons why it doesn't apply to us. We find something that applies and we grab hold of it. And we cry aloud and speak with our voice and say I believe because there's a miracle in your mouth you can talk yourself into it or you can talk yourself out of it come on life church is going places because God has positioned us here in this position I look at that map back there and it blows me away. On that map right there, there's over a million people represented on that map. The San Gabriel Valley, over a million people that God has put into our trust to declare the word of truth. 
to declare the gospel message, the message that Jesus died for your sins, that Jesus was buried in a tomb, and that he rose again the third day. Come on, to bring hope to your life. And the response that we should have, namely, number one, that we should repent of our sins and give our life to the Lord Jesus, that we should be buried with him in waters of baptism in the name of Jesus Christ, and that as his word has promised, we can receive the glorious gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives us the utterance. For this promise is unto you and your children, all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. If the Lord has called you, then the promise of His Holy Spirit is for you. God has put us here to declare that message and to see dozens, hundreds, and thousands of people be filled with His glorious Spirit and their life be transformed by the Word of God. But it does not happen simply because we have a word of truth. It doesn't happen because we have the right name, but it happens, man, and men and lady, brothers and sisters, ladies and gentlemen, it happens when we begin to speak a word of faith and believe what God has promised and begin to believe for great things in our destiny and future. Hallelujah. The woman with the issue of blood, so awesome, was in a throng of people all of them jostling to get close to Jesus. And in the press of the crowd, many people bumping against him. But all of a sudden, Jesus stopped and says, Who touched me? And the disciples said, Are you serious? Did, did I mishear you? Who touched you? Um, about 400 people in the last five minutes probably. He said, no, no, you don't understand. Because I just felt virtue flow out of me. I just felt something happen. Ooh. I just felt revival. <laughs> I, I just felt a miracle and they begin to look around and suddenly this little lady with an issue of blood 12 years hunkered over pushing through the crowd somewhere along the way she had said <laughs> she had said in herself she said if I can but touch the hem of his garment I shall be made whole. If I can but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. When Jesus turned around and saw her, he said, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And she was made whole from that very hour. Here's the point of the story for our attention today is that she spoke the word. And when she spoke the word, she released her miracle. 
When she spoke the word, when she said it, she released her miracle, her faith, amen, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And even though there were people touching him all around, something happened because she appropriated her miracle through a word of faith and through speaking. Hallelujah. Because the word of faith is close to you. It's not off there somewhere. You don't have to go on a journey and put on hiking boots and rent a four by four, uh, a forerunner or uh, uh, some kind of a, 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 a... a four-wheel drive vehicle or get on a, a quad runner and go up into the mountains and seek and search for some hidden ethereal faith somewhere. It's close to you. It's right in your mouth. There's a word in your mouth that you can speak that can appropriate and bring faith into your family, bring faith and miracles into your life. And I'm telling you right now, hallelujah, I want you to begin to speak faith, to declare it, to declare it, to declare it, to declare it, to declare it. Declare it to declare it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When I was a young boy, 10 years, uh, 10 years of age, I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a language that I didn't know as the Spirit gave me the utterance. I had heard that it was for me. I had heard sermons preached about the fact that I could receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And so as a young person, I just accepted that it was for me. They showed me in the Bible where they received it and they spoke in tongues in the, Old, in the New Testament. And they said, this promise for you, your children, all that are, as many as the Lord calls, this promise is for them. So I said, okay, my mama has it. My daddy has it. My grandma and grandpa have it. My grandma on the other side has it. Aunts and uncles. I'm only 10. But you know what? I believe God can give it to me. And so I, I began to go to the front. I went to the front and I said, and, and I just would pray. I, I just watched what other people were doing. And I, you know, I've been growing up in church. So I just did whatever other people were doing. And uh, I remember when I was really small, six and seven, I went down to the altar and I prayed and I was so proud if I could muster a tear up. And I thought, wow, I really was down to business with God today. Amen. And I, I go home and tell my mom, Mom, I had a tear go all the way down my face onto my sweater. And I was like, Mom, wouldn't it be cool like if at church I had like a can of Pepsi? Because when I was little, I didn't get to drink Coke much. And when I drank Coke, it made me cry. Uh, said I could drink a big old gulp of Pepsi and go up there and pray and everybody will think I'm really touching God. But at 10 years of age, I was serious. I wanted to receive this gift that's promised to everyone, everyone here today. In fact, if you haven't received that experience in your life, if you have never felt God's Spirit take over you and begun to speak in a language that you never learned before as the Spirit gives you the words to say, it's the most awesome experience in the world. It's really phenomenal. And it's for everybody. It's for everybody. And so I remember I had gone down to the front and I had prayed and I had left essentially empty-handed. I did not receive my experience, my personal Pentecostal experience. But the night that I received it, I will remember. I remember there was a preacher there that was preaching. I don't remember what he said. I don't remember the title of his sermon. I don't remember much about it at all. It was a long time ago. But I do remember what happened that day. Some point during that day, I don't know if it was when I was getting ready for church or earlier that afternoon, all of a sudden it hit me. I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. 
And it wasn't, I hope I receive it, or I'm going to pray to receive it. It was, I'm going to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost tonight. And guess what? I started getting excited. I was like feeling excited about it. I was like, wow, this is going to be great. Even though I hadn't received it yet. You know what that is? That's called faith. That's faith. And even though I was 10 years old, I believed that I was going to receive it that night and I went excited to go to church. Amen? Because my mom played the organ, I had to sit on the front row. And I sat on the front row and from the very first song, I was worshiping and praising God as just like as well as I could. And I was like, man. And then, uh, and then uh, uh, really feeling the presence of the Lord and feeling God's spirit and full of faith and expecting great things. And then the preacher started preaching. And like I said, I don't remember what he preached, but I do remember what I was thinking. I was thinking, please hurry up and finish. Because as soon as you get done, I'm going to the front and I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit tonight. That's faith, my brothers and sisters. That's faith. That's believing the promise of God. And then I remember that he gave the altar call. I jumped from the front row right up to the altar. I lifted up my hands and I began to praise the Lord with all my heart, believing that something was going to happen. The next thing I knew, tears were flowing down my my face. I felt the power of God. I began to shake. And all of a sudden I began to feel myself speaking words. And at first I'm like, what am I doing? And then I just said, let it go. And I began to speak and it began to flow like a river out of me. And I was baptized in the Holy Spirit because God gave me a promise and I decided to mix some faith with the Word of God. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet and clap our hands to the Lord right now in praise. Come on, let's hit praise Him right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, it's simple. It's not meant to be difficult. It doesn't take a lot of biblical knowledge. You don't have to have a degree from a seminary. What you have to be is able to hear the Word of God and say, I believe it and mix faith with it in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to open this altar up. I'm going to invite you to come forward to the front. As you can see, it's not a huge area, but we'll push those front chairs back. And we want to make room for everybody to come up and respond to the Word of God today. To make a step of faith. And if you have never given your life to the Lord Jesus and said, I want to pursue after Him and follow Him with all my heart, today is the perfect day for you to give your life to Jesus, repent of your sins, and ask Him to take control in your life. And I want to tell you today as well, if you have never experienced the baptism of the Holy Spirit, uh, that's what I was talking about. When the Lord comes in, and when He comes in, it begins to flow out of you in a form of speaking in a language that you never learned before. the Spirit gives you the utterance. I want to tell you that that experience is for you today. Today is the day. If you'll believe it with me, if you'll claim it with me, I can't claim it for you. you got to claim it for yourself. Amen. you got to believe for yourself. Uh, if there's somebody in here that needs a miracle, that needs provision, that needs blessing, hallelujah, I'm going to invite you to come forward. If you need the Holy Spirit, uh, I'm going to invite you to come forward. We're going to spend a few minutes praising and worshiping God. I believe somebody can receive the 
baptism of the Holy Ghost today. Somebody's life can be transformed today as the Word of God comes upon you. Right now, all across this place, lift up your hands right now. We're going to praise the Lord together for a moment. Hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we praise and adore and magnify you. Hallelujah. You are worthy of glory and honor. You're worthy to be lifted up. Hallelujah. Now I'm going to invite you to come forward. Come on, if you want to receive something from God, if you want to speak a word of faith and speak in faith that God can do it for you, if you want to believe with me right now for a miracle, for provision, hallelujah, for the Holy Spirit, come on, that's it. Gather in, come on. This is the time when we respond to the Word of God. Hallelujah. I know you heard the Word. I know God has spoken to you. Now it's time for you to respond and let the Holy Ghost come upon you. I need my ministering brethren, those that are filled with the Holy Ghost and have God's calling upon you. I want you to go about begin to lay hands upon people and agree with them in prayer right now as they begin to speak faith come on that's it I want you to speak it in faith I want you to speak that you believe that revival is yours hallelujah that miracles are yours that deliverance is yours that the Holy Spirit is yours hallelujah come on that's it just begin to praise him if the tears begin to flow just let them go don't stop it that's God's Holy Spirit coming upon you that's God ministering to you in the name of Jesus Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, that's it. That's it. That's it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Mighty God, we praise you. Mighty God, we worship you. Jesus, we adore you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. If you've been speaking negative, if you've been speaking negative and you feel like it's been sending you off course, I want you to lift up your hands and say, God, I want you to help me right now. Take a, God, I take authority, Lord Jesus, over my own mouth and over my own tendency to speak myself into bad situations and into despair. And in the name of Jesus, I ask you to help me, Lord God. In the name of the Lord, I believe. I believe in miracles. I believe, Lord Jesus, in your provision. I believe you have a plan and a purpose. I believe all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. Come on, that's it. I want you to call upon him right now. Cry out upon the name of the Lord. Come on, let your personal Pentecost be renewed in your life. Hallelujah. If you've never spoken in tongues, lift up your hands and cry out to the Lord. He will fill you with His Spirit right now. If you've been, it's been a long time since you've experienced the Holy Spirit, let it flow again. Let Him renew you in His Spirit. believe that you're a mighty God, that you're a deliverer, that you're all powerful, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. 
it, speak it, speak it, speak it. In Jesus' name, speak it, speak it, speak it. I believe for revival, Lord God. You're going to send a harvest of souls, Lord Jesus. You're going to send a harvest of souls, Lord God. You're going to pour out your spirit on all flesh. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I will touch you. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. I will receive. I know. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, Lord. Speak it, speak it, speak it, speak it by faith. Hallelujah, speak it by faith right now. I believe Jesus. With my faith, I reach for you. Father, with my faith, with my faith, I will touch you. Be 
you 